Alright, Appen, welcome to what we are calling the AMX Superstores Primex Radio Show. We are out here uh, hitting uh, you live with the podcast pitch show and um, Donnell Official. Thanks Hi, for Joe. joining me. How are you going? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I had a big morning. I can tell. I can tell. It's a very hot day out here at Appen, so we're just hoping everyone in the crowd and the riders alike are just staying hydrated and getting out of the sun when they can because it is warm out here. It is. It's a warm day. The track is gnarly. No other word for it. The club did what they had to do. They've drowned the track this, you know, overnight. We've got some very deep ruts, some very hard base. It's um, very challenging. Seen a lot of MXGP guys' experience coming through, I feel, with Beaton and Ferris in that AMX Superstore's top 10 pole shootout. But before we get to that, uh, let's explain the concept of this. Obviously, you're going to be listening to this on the um, Inside Dirt Network on the podcast channel, but more importantly, live at the venue here. And um, Donnell, essentially, this is something we're going to be bringing to the venue uh, at lunchtime. We're going to be teeing up with AMX Superstores and um, we're going to be chatting to some riders, some industry figures at lunchtime, kind of bench racing, discussing what's going on. So with that being said, we should have Jay Marmon coming over here in just a minute. Jay being the Grand Marshal of the uh, Blue Crew YZ65 Cup today, which is pretty cool. And um, and then we're going to check in with Charlie Cannon as well before she heads off to the MXGP in the WMX class next week. So let's chat a little bit first about um, Appen. Like I said, very wet this morning, very heavy, and um, we haven't seen Thor MX1 out yet in the actual racing scenario, but what we saw in the AMX Superstore's top 10 pole shootout, it's going to be looking like Jed Beaton and Dean Ferris are on another level. Well, it's one of those tracks out here today, the way that they had to get the moisture into the track this morning, so it formed up a little unusual what you think you would normally get it happen, um, and that shows with Jed's experience over in the GPs, and you saw it straight away in qualifying. The European riders and that style that they have, they go out and do qualifying, but it's one flying lap. That's all that matters to them. So you've seen it. It was the last lap of qualifying where Jed finally put the lap in yep. and took P1 in qualifying and was holding strong through the AMX Top 10 shootout until Dean Ferris, same thing, European experience on these rough tracks where you've got line selections being so important where there's one major fast line and one that's not. You've got to be able to pick that line, and these guys can do that correctly every time. It was interesting because uh, it was Jed that actually reversed it because he went fastest at the end of qualifying at um, the, the, the practice qualifying this morning, but then he went fastest first lap in the, in the top 10 shootout, whereas Ferris reversed it, and he put the fastest lap in at the very end of the top 10 pole shootout for uh, the AMX bonus. And, um, man, it was, it was really interesting to see. Now, I tell you what, CDI Yamaha it looked like Tanny and Clout were struggling a little bit. Just from what I could see, getting that power to the ground seemed to be a bit of an issue for those guys as far as the very hard base. Um, but it's something that they're going to have to figure out today because track position seems to be imperative from what we've seen. And maybe we can segue into that now, Darnell, by talking about the MX2 class. Um, you know, really, Nato Crawford went to the front at the beginning and it was just a battle of track position. No one really made a lot of passes and Nato... You know, you'll be stoked on this one, but your boy Nader really, really ran away from the front of the field. Well, and that's what, you know, obviously there's what's happened in the previous weeks at Wontaggy. Nathan had to come out and prove a point, and he did exactly that. You know, coming out, grabbing the whole shot, leading every lap, hitting his marks. And not ta- really, he didn't take many risks because he knew he had a, a big enough gap to control the race from pretty much the get-go. And like we said, the track can be a little bit one line, so... There wasn't a lot of passing opportunities for the guys out there. Brody Connolly and Wilson Todd had a good battle, which I'm sure your Reeves heart rate was going through the roof for that one. But uh, I know, right? And he, he really, you know, Connolly actually made the move on um, 
on Wilson. On Wilson for a little bit. I think it was a lap and a half, give or take, that he was actually in second position. Um, but ultimately, it seemed like Wilson regrouped. I don't know, I'll be honest, how much Wilson Todd was pushing there. Well, we know he is carrying a bit of a rib injury. Um, so how, how hard can he push with that? You know, how bad is that? We don't really know. Um, but for Wilson, I think this one is just get through healthy and just look towards Wodonga and just keep that points lead and keep going through the rounds, get through these races and get out of here. Yeah, most definitely. And I think, um, you know, realistically, this is a round where it could go very bad as far as crashes, potential injury, and he already has such a massive points buffer with what happened at the last round with Nato Crawford ending up being with the DQ. So it's one of those things where ultimately... So I'm just seeing Jay walk past. I don't know if he got the memo that he's coming on the show. It would appear not. Okay. Anyway, um, well, we still have Charlie Cannon coming up in a little bit. But moving back to the point... It was a case of Wilson Todd probably managing expectations versus managing risk in that one. Yeah, I think it's just, like we said, just get through, get healthy. Um, and more to the point, we're just watching him battle with Brody Connolly, and I think that was more of a showing to see Connolly up front really running. I mean, Nato was sort of running his own race there, but for Connolly to show that speed that he's got, we saw it earlier this year at the AMX MX Open, how when Brody can get a start, he can really run away with a race, and he has that pace. And I think a track like today, where it is that little bit rougher, New Zealand experience comes into it, because they get some really rough tracks over there. Well, they do. And you know what surprised me? I expected to see Cody Cooper further up, because of that New Zealand experience with the ruts and the deep stuff, but I don't think he had a start that really allowed him to do that. And I don't know how much time he's actually spent on a 250 lately, you know, stepping back down to the smaller bike. Well, I was chatting to him yesterday, and he said he's actually really enjoying it, and, and he was riding really well at Wonthaggy, but you know how it is at Wonthaggy with the sand, you can keep that corner speed up, you can keep your momentum, and um, here it's not like that. It's a lot of stop and start, a lot of uphill, a lot of downhill, which means that realistically, his ability to keep that flow and his weight and his experience on 250, that's not going to be there. So it's a bit more of an aggressive stop-start track here at Appen. Yeah, he is one of those open, flowy riders, and a, a track like this where it is tight and technical, you know, a lot of short turns, short straights, and it, it's quite a turning track. So, and a mix of inside and outside lines are just not forming at the moment. Yeah, and um, I think we're, li- we're, we're really seeing... And it's hard for, I'm sure everyone listening by now will end up at um, the point where they've watched the show on TV and they've watched the race coverage. Sorry, we're a bit distracted here, guys. We're just getting Charlie Cannon to come over and jump in with us. Put that on. And, um, you know, we are seeing that difference in... All right, we all good? Um, you see that difference in the difference of riding styles? Yeah. That... This track is very suited to a certain type of rider, like a Nato Crawford, where they're really good in that short, short, tight, technical riding. Yeah, and the ability to just be super aggressive and be fit and, and stay on top of the ruts is the wrong term. Maybe someone like Charlie can help me out with the term I'm looking for here, but Charlie Cannon, thanks for coming on to the uh, AMX Superstores Primex radio show. Thanks for having me. No worries. Maybe let's just move that up a little closer. A these. Yeah, but bring it right up. Okay. There, there we go. Cool. So, Charlie, obviously helping out sort of ambassador role with the Yamaha this weekend doing the Blue Crew YZ65 Cup hanging out with the kids but um, obviously you're coming off the win at Wonthaggy in the WMX class and you are heading to um, 
Where is the MXGP round for the opener? It's in Rio Lasado, so in Sardinia. Um, it's like an island off Italy. So wow, nice. Sardinia, yeah. so yeah, nice place to head. So this would be your second run at GPs. Obviously, you did a round at the end of last year, was it? Yeah, last year I did the last women's round in Turkey. Um, it it was a great experience. I learned so much. Um, so I'm really happy I did it. Didn't really didn't end that great. I broke my collarbone, but I got a lot out of it. I got a ride for this year over with the JK Yamaha race team. So super stoked for that. So yeah, doing the whole season this year. It's a case of obviously you've, you've had a really unique deal put together with Yamaha Australia, Yamaha Europe, like everyone kind of pitching in to make something happen. Um, and yeah, we haven't seen an, an Aussie female go over and take on the world stage for a few years. So it's really cool to see. Yeah, we had TJ O'Hare over there um, for the past few years, but she came home, so yeah. Yeah, I think Talia, I, I don't know, yeah. I don't know if she ever hit her full potential over there, I'll be honest. Like, it seems to me before she left, she was really, I think where you are now, she became that challenger to like Jess Moore and Maddie Brown and like that older generation of yeah. the WMX class, but I don't know, it was, um, as you know, going over there is a big change, right? Yeah, it's real big change it's so different like the racing and environment over there but I'm excited yeah I was I think I was a bit young to really know um TJ when we were when she was riding she kind of left when I was still young so I don't really know any of those other girls so let's talk Appen Charlie obviously hanging out with first of all (laughs) I felt somewhat bad for the 65 kids this morning with how muddy it was was there some uh was there some helmets and gear bags getting thrown when they came back oh I was, I stayed out of it. I let them come back. They all just headed straight to the wash bay. They were just covered in mud. There was mud stuck like in their wheels. It wasn't pretty. So yeah, they were all just down at the wash bay just trying to get cleaned up. Um, But yeah, they were having a tough time out there, but they all seemed to have a smile on their face. So they're enjoying it. So let's talk about MX2. Now you've raced the MX2 class and I know at the local state level, you you raced the the, the men pretty much all the season, right? So. What were your thoughts on that opening moto? Donnell and I were just chatting about it where it looked to me at least where I don't feel that, you know, Wilson Todd was pushing maybe as hard as he could. I think NATO had track position. Wilson knew that. NATO's very aggressive and good in these hard pack ruts. But what was your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, looks like, I mean, it's a pretty gnarly track out there. So maybe um, when they got into their position, they were just trying to maybe stay safe. NATO had a pretty good lead. But, yeah, I'm not too sure what um, was going through their mind. But, yeah, I think just try and stay safe in this condition. But, yeah, also try and push. Well, it's a balancing act, right? You don't want to throw it away in these conditions. But yeah. um, let's um, let's talk about MX1. Thor MX1's coming up after lunch break. Basically, as soon as we jump off this, the gate's going to drop. Donnell, I'll go to you first. Who's your picks for this opening Thor MX1 moto? I mean, it's hard to go past Jed Beaton on a track like this. Yes, Dino got him in the top 10 shootout, but that's a single lap. We know Jed can push on a hard technical track like this, that European experience, which Dino does have that, along with Todd Waters and a handful of other guys, Brett Metcalf included. But just that recent experience and that pace that he knows that he can ride at, we've seen it, you know, he took the top 10 shootout at Wontaggy, um, and he's had a lot of racing experience at Appen, you know, on the 250s in the past. And I think he's just got that pace to run right he, now. He has had a lot of success here um, on the 250. He was very good. And, and this hard pack, right? Like, you look at, Charlie, you know yourself, right? Like, the MXGP tracks, the, the ruts, just generally how rough they are. 
it's probably not the same as Appen, but if there's a similarity, it would be Europe. No, yeah, definitely. Um, from the track in Turkey from Moto Two, when they just drenched it in water, and it formed, it looked pretty similar to this. They deep ruts. They weren't like the smoothest, but like they had a bit of like V outs. Um, so yeah, it's pretty similar, I guess. So yeah, I think that's where Beaton has that edge. For sure. I'm gonna ask you this because the, the Blue Crew 65 bikes are getting wheeled out right now. Is Cannon, is that your youngest? Yeah. It is. Okay. Yeah, three, three. Okay, cool. So I it's, like it's got to be the fastest family in Australia, right? Oh, now, no doubt. It? Well, there's three siblings. The Lawrences have two. You guys have three. And you guys all rip. Your little bro was shredding out there. Yeah. It was <laughs> giving it a go. Um, he nearly got into the he... lead, and then he got caught up in that Yeah, that I couldn't jam. see um, this side of the track while I was standing over there, so I don't really know what was happening, but... Yeah, where I, where I saw him, he was on it, but yeah. No, he was doing well. He's uh, very impressive, but um, back to the point. All right, so Dino, you're going Jed Beaton. Who's second? I think, and I know you're going to give me some crap for this one, but I'm I, not, I'm I'm not. I think Kirk Gibbs oh, is... <laughs> shocking. Yeah, the guy sure. with the Alpine style t-shirt. No, I think Kirk, I mean, he's sat... He what, actually second? looked good in, in, in pole shootout. And Gibbs is one of those guys, he's smooth, he's consistent, and on a track like this, that's going to play a big part. And we know he's got the fitness to run. It is so hot here today, and that's going to play a big a big part in what's going on. Um, and I know you're going to say it again, but Matt Moss, he's yeah. a bulldog. He knows how to race here. He's very experienced at Appen. He is. And I think he's got a point to prove, and he's working in with the WBR guys. Awesome to see him filling in for those guys for now. Um, and we see it's Mossy. You never count him out. No, never. He's, he gets such good starts here. And the way they're putting water on that first turn, you're going to need it because track position is going to be so important. All right, Charlie, I'll go to you. Uh, Thor MX1 opening moto coming up. Who's your, who's your picks? Top three. Uh, I think... And remember, this is because we normally do the, the, the show after the event and we talk about what happened, but we're actually predicting what's going to happen. So it's on the record as far as uh, who got so it right or wrong. Yeah. yeah, you will be judged. Oh, okay. From the shootout, I know... Qualifying, it's a bit different to actual moto, but I'm going to say the Yami boy. I reckon Ferris um, and Beaton. And then third, let's say Tanti. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he is the defending champion. He is. And I think everyone's sort of, well, I mean, we're, this is going to be the first moto of the year for these guys, and I think everyone is counting it. Like, they're sort of discounting that with Beaton's return, Webster's back from injury. You know, all these Ferris is back on a Yamaha, a bike that he's very comfortable on that we've seen already that he has speed on. But Aaron Tanney has a number one plate for a reason. He does. And I think for me, I'm going to go with, um, I'm not going to say Ferris or Beaton, but I'm going to say whoever ends up in the lead at the end of the first lap is going to win the moto because track position out of those two riders, they're so evenly matched. Like Ferris pit beaten by two tenths of a second in that Super Bowl, right? So realistically the sprint speed and the fitness for both of those guys is literally the same um here today it's going to be interesting to see where it goes some of the little dudes are picking up their toy bikes from amx superstores love Number it one plates getting them signed it's good it's good to see but it's yeah a good i vibe around the pit here isn't it it is i mean considering it's a shame that it's so hot everyone's just clambering for shade <laughs> and trying to stay out of the heat but um <laughs> you can hear the little guys there but realistically, yeah, whoever is out front, I feel, between Ferris and Bean at the end of that first lap. It doesn't mean they have to be in the lead, but I feel between those two, whoever is ahead of the other at the end of the first lap will work their way to the front. Um, I think third, you're right. I see it either being um, 
possibly mossy or tanny. It's going to be one of those two. Yeah, I mean, and there's, uh, this is the beauty of this 450 class what we've got right now. It is so stacked. You can't count out Metcalf. You can't count out Cloud. Like, these guys are proven race winners. Luke Cloud is an ex-Australian champion. Gibbsy is an ex-Australian champion, mm. you know. Metcalf is a, <laughs> a veteran of Betty the world. Betty is the legend that he is. And he made top 10 pole shootout too. Um, the interesting thing we need to cover as well, probably a really good coincidence that this afternoon we actually have the back-to-back motos. And not the 30. So in MX1... Didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, they do it every other round, right? Yeah. So with it being round two, it's 2.15s or whatever it works out yeah. to be. Let me check the schedule I here. So two se- is it two seven lappers or two... Fi- uh, it will be... 2.15. Um, hold on, let me get the schedule up here. It is 30 minutes plus a lap. So basically, yeah, two 15-minute motos with an intermission. Now the heat on one side of the coin is going to affect these guys stopping and breathing in hot air. And you know how that is, Charlie. Yeah. Like, it's not Remember it's not great. But at the same time, doing a 30 plus one in this heat is not great either. So I feel that it's going to allow them to reset and sprint. And you know how good Ferris is in those back-to-backs. How long's the gap in between the break? So it's five break. minutes from when the five first minutes. rider crosses the checkered flag to when the gate drops. Mm-hmm. So if you're getting lapped or outside of the top 15... In a 15-minute moto, you're pretty much rolling in, dropping in, and, and putting your whole shot button down. Yeah. And that's it's going to play into the factor of the guys that can sprint. So in this first 30, that's where the fitness is going to come into play. It's hot. It's a long moto. It's a rough track. The sprint motos doesn't really give you that break either because it's a five-minute break. But when it's 36 degrees or whatever it is here today, the guys' heart rates aren't really going to drop because it's so hot and their bodies are just... That's a big thing. I mean, I'm sure, Charlie, I'm sure there's an ice bath out the back of the CDR Yamaha Monster Energy team or something for these guys. I'm sure every truck has an ice bath today. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sardinia, when you go to MXGP, if we switch it back up to talking about yourself for a minute, springtime, that'll still be pretty hot. I know it gets hot on on that part of Italy. Yeah, I'm... I think I'm preparing it to be a bit hot, but I was. You're also based in Queensland, though. Yeah, oh, it's been gross up there. It's been so hot, I know, right? But yeah, I think it's around 20, so that's what everyone's been saying, so it'll be nice. And your expectations, obviously, round one, you know, sort of reacclimatise to MXGP, learn the tracks, learn the racing. How many rounds do you have this year over there? There's six rounds for the women over there. Um, The second last round over there clashes with the Coolum round. For the Oz Pro. That's correct. Um, so, so when do you make a call on that one? How does that work? It'll just see coming into it where I'm sitting in the championship over there. If you can um, clinch it over here without having to race or vice yeah, versa. I don't think the women over here get enough races to have that win much it early. of a lead. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, and yeah. Sorry. Just before we move on, um, how is that over here? Like we're starting to see that the women's class is growing, um, and obviously MA's got a lot of input into that. Kate Peck's also been a massive ambassador yeah, for women's racing. Awesome. So have you noticed that, I mean, you are still one of the younger riders in the field. I mean, there's, you know, your Maddie Browns and Emma Milicevic's have been doing this for such a long time. Yeah. I think that change is pretty visible right now that it is growing. How's it for you guys out there? Is it good to have, like, more people on the gate to race with? Yeah, oh, it's always good to see more women on the gate. Um, I mean, the more women we get, like, we're able to have more rounds. So we're just trying to keep pushing it. But, yeah, it's kind of hard at the moment. We seem to get around 20, which is still a good amount of numbers. We just need to – we're just trying to push for more rounds. I so. feel that um, the profile is being raised. Like, I know yourself, I was speaking to Mike Ward and Scott Bishop yesterday, and it's 
it's not just the racing. Like obviously for Yamaha, you're a big investment as far as an ambassador and, and yeah. really, you know, you're that next generation of athlete, you know, as far as the WMX goes, but even in, in the social media landscape and marketing, like for Yamaha, you're young and you're that next era coming through. So this platform for you to race and be able to, to make money and make a living racing, you know, dirt bikes, it's, um, it's really cool to see. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm definitely, yeah, right now being more active on social media and all that is going to be a big, like, help with trying to promote more women and it's one thing I'm kind of lacking. I need to get better at that, like, with my age and all the things I'm doing at the moment. Oh, look, yeah. I've, spoke, I've spoke to people at Yamaha that say, you know, you talk about your 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 analytics and socials and, and realistically you're one of the leading athletes even from the teams and the riders as far as your posts and engagement. So I think that shows, you know, what I mean is obviously there's the WMX side of things and, and you're winning, but then how that translates to the, the industry and the marketing side of the sport. It's really cool to see, but... I tell you what, guys, I think we could probably start to wrap this one up now because it is incredibly hot, and yeah. I don't know if Jay got the message to come on the show. <laughs> so, um, Hey, he's probably busy helping with all the 65 kids. Which he probably is. is. Another great uh, addition to Primax here this weekend is the 65 Cup, which obviously Charlie's been involved in, and it looks like the guys have had a lot of fun out there for that second moto. The track looked a lot easier than it did in practice this morning. So It was way better. Your bro, he nearly got it done. That second one. I thought he was going to get the get the lead at that point. But this has been the AMX Superstores Primax Radio Show, and um, we want to thank AMX Superstores for making this one happen with the Inside Dirt Network. And um, with that being said, we're on record, guys. So we're going to go see the gate drop in Thorum X1 in just a minute, and uh, see if we were right or not. That's it. Thanks for coming on, Charlie, and joining us here. Thanks for having me. Thanks no for problem. everyone hanging out out the front here, listening to us talk a little bit of smack, a little bit of bench racing. We'll That's be back it. at. Um, Albury in a few weeks. Cool. And uh, we'll be back with the uh, normal AMX Superstores Primax recap show on Monday. And um, this will be coming out pretty Monday morning, I'd imagine. So you guys can catch this on the Inside Dirt Network podcast channel before then. So thanks for listening. Hopefully we'll see you at uh, either you saw us at Appen or we'll see you at one of the races this year.